0: Bombus, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombus.com slash ACAST, code ACAST.
3: Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its
0: innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter.
2: Hello and welcome to the Nile O'Nine podcast. It is episode 104 of the Nile O'Nine podcast. It's myself, Nile Nine, and Andrea Cleary here.
0: Hello, everybody. We're back after a little uh, break.
2: <laughs> yeah, uh, we took a break last week. Uh, unforeseen, uh, I was actually helping my parents move house. <laughs> That's <laughs> So fair. That was a very wholesome activity. Uh, Some of them were moving out of my uh, my family house that I grew up in. My spent Aww. most of my teenage years and my early years. So, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, weird. Did weird, you have any
0: nice like home documents to go through during? Oh uh, well, I
2: missed most of that. I was literally in post packing, helping them move, okay. yeah, uh, physically move stuff. But uh, that's because
0: they don't want you to know that they turned your room into a gym.
2: Oh well, I mean, they... it was it's it was no longer my room, really. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think they probably threw out stuff in that room about ten years ago without telling me. I never missed mm-hmm. any of it. <laughs> i
0: remember my my mom uh moving house once and she she was at, at the new place her, her and i've moved um countless times over the years but she was at the new place and i was like mom did you did you throw away um a big box of uh xbox games that i had and she was like xbox games no i don't think i saw any and i was like are you sure she was like no and I was like, they look a bit like DVDs. She was like, oh yeah, the DVDs with the green thing. Oh yeah, I threw them all out. I was like, uh, okay, that's, <laughs> yeah, it's about 30 Xbox games that uh, I saved my pocket body up for. <laughs> just <laughs> gone now. So let this be uh-huh. a lesson to everyone out there who has stuff at their parents' house. If you want it, they do not care about it. Get it out of there now.
2: <laughs> yeah, uh, it's only just taking up space. Yeah, But yeah, uh, it was good, I think it was really good It was like, you know, kind of, they were in lockdown in Kildare for uh, the last while And it yeah. was, they were confident it was about to be lifted Just as they were about to move So it was like, okay So I made some time for them And uh, yeah, so they're settling in now Good is, Yeah, it's good um, So we're going to be talking about a new album from Neve Regan Who is a Galway singer-songwriter Her debut album is called Hemet And uh, we'll be exploring that Um We'll also have some songs from AMAC and Ad- Adrian Lenker, who just seems to not have been able to stop working at all, uh, and The Return of SZA, along with others. Um, but first, uh, Andre, you watched uh, the Origins uh, Irish documentary uh, about hip-hop, right? That was on I did. RT1 last week. I-, I managed to catch it on the RT player a couple of days later. And um, what do you think of it? It was kind of, uh, first of all, it was, uh, you know, presented by Red Bull. So kind of made by Red Bull and um, mm. realized by collective films, I guess, in context for the last couple of years. Um, you know, Red Bull has stopped doing uh, the Red Bull Music Academy and stuff like this. So this is the first we've seen of a brand doing something uh, in music, that brand in particular, Red Bull, doing something in music since then, Mm -hmm. since last year that they announced that. Um, And this probably works out pretty well in terms of RTE and the national broadcaster looking for (laughs) things to put on air when you can't make uh, regular dramas and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So we got a primetime slot for an Irish hip-hop documentary, something that would have been unthinkable uh, in previous years, unless it was one that was, wasn't there one a few years ago, five, six years ago, that was really down on and uh, just didn't understand uh, the people in other shit hop kind of mm-hmm. made fun of people. This was not that. This was no. not that. This was much more um, a an interesting overview of what's been happening in the last uh, probably 15, 20 years, really, starting with uh, the likes of Scary Era. And things like that. So how did you find this? Were you familiar with much of what happened uh, in Irish hip hop over the last many years?
0: Yeah, I mean, I was as as familiar as somebody outside of the scene was going to be, I suppose, um, in that I've only started really getting to know Irish hip hop and its history in the past few years, maybe in the past four or five years. And it was a really, it, it, it is interesting um, that you say, you know, that it got a primetime slot on RT because, not not only is it kind of indicative of them not having a whole lot of programming but if you also look at things like songs from an empty room um there does seem to be this this push in television and in radio to support Irish music to support that area of the arts which has obviously been hit so so badly by by the pandemic and i think that in in another year maybe it wouldn't have gotten it, it wouldn't have gotten on that for, for a variety of reasons. And I think that the, the pandemic is just one of them, but also it's, you know, it's a documentary that builds up to what we are sort of collectively calling a moment in, in Irish hip hop. And I think it, it really goes, goes really far in, in showing that this, this moment has been building up for a long time for four decades. Um, that Like you said, beginning with scary era, but then kind of moving through all of these Really interesting iterations of influence um, in terms of, you know, maybe like the, the late 90s and the early 2000s, the influence of American hip hop on Ireland and um, how that Im- influenced the sound and how we kind of had to loop back around on ourselves and find ourselves again after kind of years of looking to America and in many ways kind of emulating what's going on there um, something that I thought was really interesting about the documentary and um, which is something that I have a lot of interest in anyway is accents and how they um, they do or do not um, signal or signify authenticity and I think in, in, in hip hop in Ireland accents are a really really important aspect of performance and of performing your experience export performing where you're from um and the kind of you know like we started with scary era a, a group that very much wrapped in their own accents and then you know we go through that americanization and looping back around and now what i think is interesting l- looking at the i suppose like the, the current scene like the mango and math Man and denise chyla god knows murley like the the scene as it stands now the the new guys in the past ten years, uh, that idea of an accent is sort of not as important anymore because we we do, we do have rappers who sound American, and we said we have rappers whose whose accents are quite hard to pin down, and that is signalling a kind of a different kind of Irishness now. So I thought that the ebbs and flows of that conversation around accents was really partic- particularly interesting, um, and I, but I would have liked a little bit more of how it's changed in the kind of the current Irish climate um, and what that signals about Irishness. I
2: thought Emmett Kirwan uh, articulated well about the Dublin accent in particular, how mm. it became, you know, when at first people started rapping in a Dublin accent in the first, the only association most people would have had with that kind of accent in terms of media it would have been something that would have reduced it or laughed at it. Yeah. So it was hard for people to take that, kind of accent in inner city or north dublin or Mm. mostly accent seriously um and now just
0: he said in in that you know that 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 was a time when um we were told to I, i think he said to tone down our working classness and that really resonated with me because I like as as I speak now. This is my accent. This is the voice. This is the voice that comes out when I talk. But this wasn't always how I spoke. I I grew up in North Dublin. I grew up in Finglas and Ballymun and Tala, which isn't North Dublin, but would have a similar accent to to th- those places. And I I had a very very strong um, North Dublin accent up, up until my teen years, and some something around that time changed in me, and I started to tone it down. And when I was watching him. When, when I was wa- lo- looking at all, all of these people rapping and, and doing just all of this poetry in in that accent and being proud of it, I, I was really kind of touched by that and really, and, and I did remember the idea that, you know, you are expected in certain circumstances, whether it's a job interview or whether you, you're going on your work experience or you're going down to the principal's office, that your accent should kind of be toned down a little bit and I loved seeing just the the pride that so many people have and obviously there's different kinds of working class accents across the country it's it's not just a North Dublin accent but that that was the one that resonated with me but um yeah I loved that I I, I loved that pride of place that came um and and still does come in in Irish hip-hop of housing estates and flat blocks and that those experiences are as valid and interesting as any other experience that you'll hear about, you know, in rap and hip hop across the world. Um, I love that. There was a few things about the documentary that I wanted a little bit more from it. That was like, like I said, the kind of the, the idea of like the, the current conversations around Irishness, which to be fair to the documentary filmmakers that, that this, this was probably wrapped up filming and stuff. Before we were really getting into nitty gritty conversations around Black Lives Matter and the kind of subsequent doubts that racist Irish people have about whether or not uh, Denise Chyla or God knows or Merley count as Irish rappers, you know, and and what what that um what that new form of Irishness looks like, um I think yeah maybe a little bit more around race and Irish hip hop could have been done with talking about and also women in hip-hop as well there, there were a, f- a few women interviewed for it also like una malali was there she was, she had like some really really great insights uh on on the scene but i think specifically just a few minutes on on women um and their journey yeah, I think I think that good.
2: would that would have been fair. I think it would've would have been nice to hear, mm. even if there wasn't representation, and I don't think there was a lot of representation in no. the, of the years, just to hear something about that. Yeah. You know, because um I I sometimes feel a bit bad. Not I mean, it's not a negative, but like it's like there's so few Irish female artists, rappers, mm. who so before the likes of Denise Childhood, there was you know, Ophelia was always the one that was like, kind of, not wheeled out, but like she would have been in the documentary as representation a lot of the times. Mm. So, yeah, I would have liked to hear more about that. How you know, die more from herself even than and people like her about how where they were involved in the scene and all that kind of stuff, or maybe yeah. they weren't. Um. So yeah, it would have been more of that. The other thing that struck me was the um. I saw a fair few people kind of questioning whether uh. The Rubber Bandits actually had a massive influence on our ship, I think they did in lots of ways because, first of all, they were, I mean, forget the comedic nature of their songs when they first came out and all the prank calls and stuff like that. But they, like Blind Boy, like was able to produce really good music, whether it was Mm. sampled or what, and uh, also to introduce a Limerick accent in a way that you know, while it was also comedic, it's also there's a a, a lot of elements of truth there as well, of course. Mm. And you ha- you see Strange Boy in the documentary uh, who has a very similar accent. I thought he Boy absolutely
0: shone in that documentary. Yeah. I I sort of fell for him in it. He's he's such a such a charming, poetic guy. Yeah, and
2: I really liked. Yeah, there was a lot of. Um, you know, obviously, we talked to Denise Childer on the podcast a few weeks ago, so no surprise that she was as eloquent as ever when she was talking about uh, hip hop as anything else. But I said it felt the same for Breezy Edigoki as well, who was talking about it. And uh, Strange Boy, especially just like that kind of level of <clears throat> this is what I have to do. And yeah, there's no other option for me. And I just uh, really recognized somebody who. You know, is a pure talent, and this is something they really, really want to do, and mm. that's what they're not going to do anything else. And yeah, yeah, it's been great. I think, I think the um, the future is the interesting part. I think this is a flashpoint still. Like yeah. even the likes of JB Two, who was the Athlone drill artist, featured Mr. Affiliate, sorry, uh, featured in it. And uh, so, um, you know, that's a whole other thing that's quite hard to penetrate, and it exists on YouTube and yeah um, it doesn't do traditional pr for itself and it's hard to get in contact with those artists and it's hard to even know sometimes we're changing names and all that kind of stuff for obvious mm. reasons but um <clears throat> yeah it's a it's an interesting what it'd be interesting to see what it'd be like in five years whether it would be another you know i think the scary thing was a good uh scene setter because it has that you know story of supporting you 2 and then like the classic irish oh, oh they've almost made it in the uk and then they messed it up fucked it like, yeah being 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 bowsies yeah um <clears throat> so that's I mean, unfortunately that is something that uh, has happened quite a lot in irish music over the years but um mm. i don't think it's going to happen much more so it would be interesting to see no i think really i break out
0: i think as well you know it it, it, it was also interesting to look at how the um how masculinity is represented in hip hop in Ireland and how much it kind of changed i mean while scary era were very much you know the, like t- talking about real issues and talking about an ireland that felt like it wasn't for them anymore or wasn't working for them anymore um and that's those are themes that are still brought through to you know likes of nilo uh, mango and like uh, Kojak uh, like today it is interesting to see that kind of gritty hyper masculine side of the the punk side of um of Irish hip-hop soften somewhat and I think Una Mulally put it really well when she said that you know the the two most important um cultural or social moments in the past five years have been a repeal movement and a, a marriage equality movement so you're not really going to get these guys coming out and rapping um, kind of dissing women while you know a couple of years ago they were canvassing for repeal so I think that that social aspect of it and that softening of masculinity and I think as well the kind of campaigns around men's mental health in particular has has been in many ways led by a lot of men in, in hip hop in Ireland. And that, that was definitely an, an an interesting kind of timeline point to look at, like to, to take somebody like Kojak or Nilo and to kind of compare in a way to that kind of hyper-masculine um, grit of scary era and, and, and how much <coughs> that's changed. Um, and I think, uh, you know, it's, it's going to continue to change. Like, rappers in Ireland are absolute kind of um, champions of social change in in this country. And I don't think that's going to, I don't think that's going to let up anytime soon. So it, mm-hmm. it was, it was really nice to kind of have this documentary as a moment in time. Um, Irish hip hop still, I don't think has like blossomed into as, as much as it is going to, even over the next five years, I think we're going to get an absolute explosion of people seeing these people doing this and feeling like they can do it too. um, And also I thought the, the documentary did a really good job of kind of making making Irish rap palatable for people who might scoff at it or who might mm. think that um, rapping in an Irish accent is, is silly or, you know, just trying to be American or or, or whatever it is where it's like, ah, no, actually... PJ Peter- Gallagher and all... <laughs> Exactly, yeah. It's like no, we're actually like it, it it Irish rap is positioned within a timeline of a cultural expression that that goes for poetry, that goes for traditional Irish music, it goes for shannos, it goes for literature. It's just it's just another aspect. It's just another means of expression and we're doing it really really well. So this was a really nice opportunity for people to see it and potentially get involved and and start celebrating it. Yeah, so I thought I thought it did mu- it it did like it did its job really well and there was just those couple of points that I would have liked a little bit more from, but you you can't have everything. Yeah, I thought it worked well without a narrator
2: as well. It gave yeah. it just uh, the uh, the music and the people who made it the focus and uh, that worked really well. If you do want to see the documentary, it's called Origins and it'll be on RedBull.com from Friday, September 11th uh, to watch in full. Okay, so it's time for Reason to be Cheerful. Do we, <laughs> we decided this week that we wouldn't talk about negative things. So therefore, yeah. it's great that we have a segment called Reasons to be Cheerful. It is. Uh, will I start? Yes, please. Uh, I went to a gig yeah, you did. <laughs> I did. I went to a gig, and uh, it was two weeks ago now because we didn't do it last week. But uh, when was it? When Thursday last week, two weeks ago. Yeah. So I went to see Paj, who has a song out recently called Superman, um, Paj Mahalia, and uh, he. Um, it was it was a forty capacity seated gig in the Workman's. Um, it was unusual because it felt like it was a good marker for me to be able to go to an event to a gig and sit down table service 40 people two people per table all that kind of stuff um very much a different experience than your regular gig no standing and uh, no going to the bar you know putting on a mask and you go in and leave all that kind of stuff um i think interestingly you know it's, it was more just a marker for me to see what it's like now compared to what it used to be. Because the last gig I'd been to properly before that was uh, Georgia in the Academy green room, and that was like a packed gig, really like upbeat, uh, very loud, and lots of fun. This was, I think, uh, deliberately at the moment. A lot of people, a lot of whether it's the Workmans or Button Factory or the Kino in Cork um they are putting on gentle music so because the idea even like we here hearing with pubs reopening uh, soon they won't be allowed to have music upload or anything like that because you know people would shout the virus could spread all those reasons so you're seeing that reflected in the things that are being put on at events right now so it was very much an acoustic vibe um, shorter than usual it was interesting though you know I think it's just like you can go it's a it's the same feeling I've had when I've been to a pub um since they reopened uh or, or the wet pubs as they keep people keep saying which just you know, I don't know reminds me of Wuhan now <laughs> <laughs> the wet markets um yeah it's a it, it was it was just really good uh to go to an event and see how different everything is right now, and I think it just gave me a real real world marker rather than a speculative one, which and obviously you know there's been so much speculation and and restrictions and lifting and all this kind of stuff, just like go to and it's like you'd almost forget you can actually. Just be in a room with some with more than four people at one time, and it is possible, hmm. and it is it can be a really pleasant experience. So, yeah, I'm looking. Hopefully, to, that'll happen again. I see some gigs were announced uh, soon. Um, for uh, Button Factory, which will be, they're saying 85 capacity. I think the the increase in people at, at events will probably be up to that at least by then. And so Wyvern Lingo are doing two shows, um, Local Boy. There's a load of people doing uh, shows uh, in Seated. And I think it is, I was kind of thinking about this a lot at the moment, you know, um, and I'm trying to articulate what the last six months has been in, you know, and what I've been missing are the things that, keep my mental health strong and keep me uh, feeling good and that's a lot of it is down to gigs a lot of them to live music a lot of it is down to DJing and clubs and being able to gather in w- with loud music and I'm not really getting a lot of that obviously at the moment so mm. uh, it is just in a small way I'm topping up my my own mental health because I really have felt the struggle with that and you know when you take away something that you would use to you know, make yourself feel normal and good and something that, you know, is part of your daily life and part of your life as you, as you live it for 37 years that you're on the earth. Um, and then to have that completely taken away, it's natural that you're going to feel quite different. Um, mm-hmm. So for me, it's those kind of things. It's the same reason why if I am going to a pub, I'm really, I'm going because I want to, I'm missing something. I'm missing the experience. I miss, I want to top up the good health uh, inner health i have in myself so mm. that's why i'm doing these things
0: and so sometimes really sometimes it's okay to just say that you want a good pint that doesn't come oh, out I of t- a bottle. i went to the like, royal oak last week yeah
2: uh, which was is a great pint so yeah. uh, delighted with myself i was delighted yeah. with myself
3: good
0: um i don't have much of a reason to be cheerful this week but um there's a lot of good books coming out in autumn and the irish times today have a list of the the autumn books that you should look out for and there's a lot of them that i'm really really excited to read um just in time for spooky uh, (laughs) for spooktober autumn spooky girl autumn oh yeah if you if you are a Uh, a patreon of neither nine i'll be making my playlist debut there um over the next few days and um you you all loved sad girl summer so by popular demand i will be bringing you spooky girl autumn um so actually yeah that's that's my reason to be cheerful um is my is that this time of year i don't know what happens but i just i hear music differently or i just hear it more or it's more heightened or something something to do with this time of year and the changing season and uh that i don't get at other times of the year so it just it just heightens all kind of art and uh all of that kind of side side of things so i've been really enjoying putting together um a little spooky girl autumn playlist um and much like sad girl summer you don't have to be a girl to have a sad girl summer and you don't have to be a girl to have a sad girl autumn You just have to embrace it, just have to lean in and just make the best of spooky synths and acoustic guitars and Bonnie Bear. (laughs) Very good,
2: why not Um, Speaking of playlists, you did set me a challenge uh, on the last podcast Mm -hmm. um, To make a playlist based off um, the Scat Brothers' Walk the Night song And Marie Davidson' uh, Renegade Breakdown Which is one of the songs that we played on the last episode, 103 So I did that in the end And what a playlist Well I went through lots of different uh, iterations of this playlist Um, I think number one is that There are very few songs as camp and as rock and as disco as Walk the Night by the Scat Brothers. Um, They were basically like a rock kind of uh, YMCA uh, village people, Um, so they had that kind of vibe. But there's very little else. But I did. I ended up going more on the rock than the disco because there's so much disco out there. So you know, I the playlist. Uh, so it's up on Patreon now for anyone who subscribes, and to Patreon.com/slash nine nine. It is. I have the likes of Queen, Sparks, and the Kinks are in there. Uh, ZZ, ZZ Top. Rod Stewart uh, like Hot Chocolate um,
0: I feel like this this is a playlist that was very much an introductory like it was very gentle for me to kind of move into that world because of the familiarity I had with a lot of the artists but then a lot of the artists I wasn't familiar with so
3: yeah,
2: yeah. it was a I, nice I it's really good I'm really happy yeah. with it and I, I've put it on driving a lot that's been it's a good one for driving I have to say good Um, lots of good stuff in there and uh, yeah I really enjoyed that so that's a disco rock playlist that I did on Patreon so yeah, this is, uh, that's our reasons to be cheerful this week, right? Yeah, autumn
0: and a gig. <laughs>
2: autumn and a gig. Looking forward to the future, whatever that may be. Okay, uh, it is time to look forward to a album from Neve Regan, which came out last week. It is our album of the week. We'll be discussing it right now. It is called Hemet. Um, she's a Galway artist and singer-songwriter. And uh, I think this album both took us a little bit by surprise mm. Um, in the last few weeks. um. So I'm going to play a bit of a song right now, which is called uh, Save the Day from the album, which is called.
0: Hammett. Hammett. (laughs) Niamh Regan. From Niamh Regan. From Galway.
2: was Neve Regan. Album is called Hemet, and uh, she's a go artist. And uh, I guess I've featured Neve Regan a, a number of times over the years, but I have been ha straight out of the box. I'm very impressed with uh, this album. Uh, it's a debut. Uh, I didn't even know it was really coming out. It was one of those quietly released things. Um obviously people can't do gigs, so it's not it's like something there was some big campaign around it, but um it was, uh, There was press for it and when I gave it a listen I was really really impressed by the depth and um, the confidence and the maturity of this album even compared to, uh, especially compared to the earlier stuff which I also liked. So I guess like Nia Briggs' music has always been really nice uh, folk singer-songwriter music to me, I, I think she's a really lovely voice, uh, Laura Marling would be an obvious comparison for a lot of people. And um, that kind of like wise, young, um, modern folk artist. And that's what she has previously represented to me. But uh, on this one, I think there's a real jump in scope. There's a jump in ambition. There's a jump in arrangements. There's a jump in production as well. There's a lot of people involved in it. Uh, you know, we've got uh, the album is produced by Alex Borwick uh, alongside Regan on piano. She plays synth guitar obviously sings. We've got Cayman Gilmore, who's from um, Sun Collective, uh, playing double bass, Pat Daly on viola and violin, there's percussion, Anna Malarkey does backing vocals and synths, there's cello, there's uh, her husband Wesley is on it as well, um, doing backing vocals and who did a couple of songs with her. And so there's a lot of people involved, there's some accordion, there's some trumpet, there's all sorts of stuff here. And I think it is really a testament to the person and the artist who's made this album. It really is very commanding. Um, I think it's very, um, it's got a lot to say with uh, in a really plain and straightforward way that I think really works for this. Um, Andrea, were you familiar with Neve Regan before this?
0: No, no, I wasn't. I think I, think I might have heard one of the songs from this album that she might have put out as a single beforehand, but... No, I wasn't, I wasn't familiar uh, w- with her. So when, when I saw it was, I think the day the album was released, I just saw a couple of people on, on Twitter kind of saying that they were really, really impressed by it. And so I checked it out and like, it just, it really just hit me like a ton of bricks, this album. Like I, I like, like yourself, I'm so impressed by it. Um, it's, you know, like we we talk about having all of those people involved on this album and yet it retains this delicacy and honesty and vulnerability and tenderness that, you know, like she, her, her voice and her, the, the kind of how forward her lyrics are in, in the songs. It's just, it's so commanding. um, And so kind of, wrought with with honesty that I I just as soon as I got to the end of the first play I just went straight back and went straight back um and I've been listening to it on a loop since um it's 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 such a like it's such a feat to have a a debut album sound this um mature and I I was really surprised to see that she's only I think she's only 27 or 28 or she's kind of late 20s anyway I think she just she sings with this this confidence and and her lyrics uh, are like coming from this wise old sage or something (laughs) like it's she said she sounds like somebody that I want to ask life advice of um and I mean that's not an age thing I, I will still absolutely ask her for life advice <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah I, I just think her like her her experiences and um, her like all all of the the the, the way that she distills her experiences in life down to these songs that are really familiar and and th- they come from this place of such authenticity that I saw myself and my friends and my family in, in one way or another in every one of these songs. Like I've, I found so, something within the song that, that resonated with me. Um, there's 11 tracks in the album. I think it's a perfect length. Um, it's 35 minutes. 35 minutes. It's 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 lovely. Um, and it's just it's just one, one of those records that kind of, I, I love those records, especially, you know, as we're entering the kind of, the end of the year now, the last few months of the year. I love when a record just comes out of nowhere and just smacks you in the head and you're like, oh, I this this wasn't on my list of records that I was looking forward to this year. Mm, I didn't yeah. know that this was happening. And yet it just comes and completely kind of like I I I think will will come to define whatever this small like couple of week long period of my life is like, uh, I, s- such as the frequency at which I've been listening to it. Um Yeah, it's an incredibly inspiring work, I think.
2: Yeah, um, Neve says uh, about the context of the background of the album. uh, I recorded this album after one of the most challenging years I've faced so far. I lost my mom, got married, went back to school and grew up a bit. My world got bigger and smaller, all in one breath. And this album is about all of that. And it definitely feels like it. um, What I'm also impressed by as well is, like I said, like having been familiar with um, her previous stuff, I think it was only, it says here 2017 is when she released her debut solo EP. I think 2016, 2017. I did see her electric Picnic once. She played Body and Soul and um, just her and a guitar. Um, so I was really impressed by what was going on here. And I think immediately on the opening song, Something Good, you feel like it's going to quite a, be a, quite a traditional, like, folk singer-songwriter kind of record. And then there's this whirring synth arpeggio that comes in. You're like, oh, this is something different. And it was something different for her compared to the previous stuff as well. So uh, that kind of piqued my interest as well. And then you go into track two, Worried About You, there's a touch of like the Desners in the production of this, but in terms of its texture and atmosphere. and But I think mostly it's about, you know, it's about Regan's voice and the maturity and the depth and the stature that that has in this music. Uh, we played Save the Day there. Um, it definitely reminds me of Julia Jacklin. And that is no good thing for anyone who knows The two podcast hosts you're listening to right now. We are Um,
0: big, big Julia Jacklin fans (laughs) here on the Nile Nine podcast. Yeah, I was was listening to, uh, she did an interview. I Actually, I didn't get to listen to all of it because it was right before we started recording. Um, The Point of Everything's podcast has a um, interview with her up now, uh, which is really, really good. And she's, she's really, she's, she's really quite shy and quite um, like she's, she, she's definitely like being forthcoming about her, her artistry, but she's very humble about it, which which I thought was really nice. But she said about Save the Day that that song was as close as she can get to like rock and roll, uh, which I thought was a really interesting way of, of, of looking at it. Like that, that is a song that was not written as, as she, like she says, it wasn't written for radio, but it was written with radio in mind in that it is, you know, it's 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 the pop song of the record. And. Um, but I think the the songwriting on it is that the songwriting throughout the record is so good that you could play any of these songs in the radio and 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 they would absolutely belong there. They're accessible pop, uh, accessible folk songs that reward listening and, and connection. But if you want to just enjoy them on that kind of surface level, like melody and obviously the tone of her voice, you you can kind of do that too and just allow those certain like lyrics and certain moments of arrangement and certain melodic moments to to kind of just jump out and 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 draw you into it I, I think she's really really good at doing that
2: yeah, there's another song here, O to Youth, which, and just on finish on the production tip, mm. um, kind of reminds me of Maggie Rogers as well, in terms of the percussion and yeah. and how bright it is. And, you know, <clears throat> like I said, I wouldn't have expected that. So this is very mm. much like Maggie Rogers could fit on the radio. Neil Regan's been getting a lot of support from um, RT Radio 1, which has been great to see. Yeah, um, So it's those kind of things. Um, and then lyrically, there's definitely a number of lines that stand out to me on Save the Day. Uh, which superpower did you wish for before you start wishing you were dead? is one of the lines on that song. Um, and then addressing her mother on Hallelujah Game. I had a mother she did love so well. Perhaps if I became a mother, I could turn this around. Um, so there's loads of little like lines like that that just uh, pop up and grab your attention. Mm. The song, how about that coffee as a whole, it has that kind of, um, that sentiment, you know, about like how life is, we're all rushing around and everyone's, needs to catch up and we're trying to catch up and we're not really maybe mm. um but yeah I, I think
0: liked- I think she's so good at kind of um for for those those moments where she it's it, it's like a, a lot of moments on the album just seem to kind of hang in in midair like like they're photographs or like they're just these suspended moments in time i think how about that coffee does that really well and obviously these things are elevated by the times that we live in now but there are also these kind of universal themes which is what like i think good folk mu- music does really well and i think she does it so beautifully here i think freeze frame and um two two seagulls is it called towards the end of yeah, the album yeah um yeah i think those two songs do that really well where it's just this kind of suspension of a, of a moment in time and time seems to stop when she is like uh, just on the right lyric or just on the right kind of moving to maybe a note that you weren't quite expecting her to go to or a slight change in the arrangement or maybe the cello comes in or something. And it's, it's just so kind of arresting when she, when, when she does that. Um, I think, yeah, I, th- I think the, the arrangements on it are so, they're really quite subtle for the amount of stuff that's going on, like, like we said you know go, going through that list of um of the different instruments that are involved in it that are involved in the album it is so subtle and so kind of um it's it really serves the song um and the the song and the lyrics are what is first and foremost the most important thing um on this record as they should be um because the lyrics are are really so fantastic um and yeah, I mean, ha- Hallelujah game is probably like it's 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 really hard to pick a favorite song on the record. But I mean, like there's there's a lot of lyrics on the album about ups and downs and highs and lows and that that space in the middle that again, pandemic wise, is a very difficult place to kind of find ourselves in uh, where we're not really. A a lot of people might not be reaching for the heights anymore. We're just kind of reaching for that middle ground, that middle of the road kind of thing, which she she does reference in another song as well. But I mean, that song, Hallelujah Game, just kind of like I remember this morning I was listening to the album in bed before I got up, like I was getting ready to start my day. And. I was just a bit like oh god another Wednesday is it another Wednesday in lockdown and that song came on and I just I don't know what it did to me but it just I I was like okay I'm gonna go for a walk so I went for a walk and like and I mean for, for something to kind of for a song now in this scenario in this situation when I haven't been for a walk in weeks to just like guide me with its hands out the door and just be like go outside and look around and 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 get some fresh air is is an astounding thing I think and it it really was that kind of it, it 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 evokes the thing that it is talking about in the listener in that it is telling it it is trying to evoke that feeling of remembering that there is meaning however small and that you know dragging yourself out of some kind of a low point or whatever um, can just be kind of aiming for the middle of the road and it doesn't have to be aiming to cross the whole street and it's yeah it's such a beautiful thing uh, to have kind of experienced that I, I yeah I, I just think this album is going to stay with me for a really long time yeah yeah
2: it, it certainly is I was like I said I'm just really impressed with the thing overall yeah um, I think worried about you the second song I really love that that song mm. Uh, particular um, Save the Day obviously and Ode to Youth would be another one and How About That Coffee. Um, yeah I'm just really impressed with it and I think it's uh, certainly one of the better Irish albums uh, released this year even Absolutely. though I didn't know it was really coming and that's always a lovely thing to to know and to recognise. Comes out on the Black Gate label which is um, I think it's a actually a venue in Galway who uh would have put Neve Regan's uh, on, I think a lot and uh, obviously saw something in her talent that uh we have also seen and uh, we just come to fruition here.
0: Did they produce the um the live video yeah, that you so. sent well, me? Well I don't know if that's they excellent. It,
2: but it's it's made there, I think. Yeah, there's there's and, a
0: video of her performing these songs on YouTube. If you search like Neve Regan at uh, Blackgate, you'll find it uh, it's really, yeah, really worth worth, this worth week, a watch. Yeah. yeah.
2: The song called She at the End which is actually her first ever debut single that came out in 2016 so uh, a nice way to kind of close that loop a bit there mm. um, so yeah that's much recommended for most that is from uh, Neve Regan Albums called Hemet uh, it's named after a place in California I believe um, so that's where her husband is from uh, so there you go uh, this is a bit of that song Worried About
3: You Travel like Keep back,
1: keep walking till you see sunlight. Did your socks get wet? In Montreal, keep back, keep walking
3: till you can walk.
2: Okay, it is time for Songs of the Week. It is our first track this week is from SZA. Uh, she's finally back. I was very delighted about this because I was listening to SZA last weekend, the weekend before. Yeah. Yeah. Two weekends ago And then uh, The following Friday I was listening to Control The album she released in 2017 And this is a new song for, Called Hit Different
3: if wasn't
1: I overdraft in this effect. It's like quicker than we started. Evidence we miss, and I'm not You're more oh, in more love we with you. Love. Each yeah. you miss. Something wrong with me. I like the way you screw your face. So trigger me right when I need it. You're wrong, but I can't get away to the Shame and I can't blame myself. Keep it loving you. Do do it. There. All that I know. Like
3: me they recognize you please don't deny me it's different it's different it's different it's different it's different it's different, it's different, it's different, it's different, it's different when i'm sitting
2: Okay, that's SZA with Ty Dolla Sign, song called Hit Different. Uh, personally, I'm just happy that uh, SZA is back and, uh, you know, Control, uh I can't believe it's been three years. I think there's been a lot going on with SZA since she never really quite, the album got a lot of acclaim and a lot of fans. But, you know, the, the kind of stuff like live shows never really happened beyond shows at Coachella and stuff like that Uh, maybe that's okay I mean I think that there's a lot of stuff here that uh, the kind of music she makes this kind of Sultry, quiet, or and music doesn't necessarily need a big stage. It's not that kind of music. Um, I kind of feel the same about Frank Ocean though. I've never seen Frank Ocean live, mm. um, so I can't uh, testify to that. But this is a new song produced by the Neptunes featuring title Sign. And I think personally I'm just happy to hear something from her because in the last couple of months there was all these rumblings that she wasn't happy with Top Dog Entertainment and... They were going to can some of the music and this had happened before. And I was like, oh, no, this is just like a-. and it's happened a good few times with, you know, with Top Dog, actually, like even Isaiah Rashad has had issues with the label before. And, and it seems like Kendrick could get away with whatever he wants because he's Kendrick. But like, it seems like <laughs> I don't mm. know you, you got to think twice if you're going to be signed to Top Dog. Well,
0: sometimes. they they make Kendrick do really awful verses on pop songs like Bad Blood by Taylor Swift and he just shows up and says whatever <laughs> whatever he can get away with and leaves but yeah beyond that he's pretty much allowed to do whatever he wants I'm
2: excited about there's apparently a SZA Lizzo collab coming as well which is uh, something I'm looking forward to but That's more than anything exciting. this just signifies that there is uh, possibly new SZA album on the way or new Scissor release um, and it prompted me to go back to and listen to the really early stuff for Control she had a song called Julia um, oh, 2014 I think the e- ZEP uh, were really amazing really nice and it kind of were like very much like that uh, the Solange stuff like Losing You that kind of uh, 80s kind of vibe a bit of a thing like that going on on that song so uh, yeah just a, an old recommendation and mm-hmm. couched in a new one. Okay our next track is from AMAC and Seba Safe it is called I Dance in the Kitchen I dance
3: in the kitchen and
1: Move to the kitchen. I burn for you. Hoping one day you'll come home. Can taste the love on the phone. I love you. Dance in the kitchen on my own. And know how we ran through the sparkling night. And know how we ran away from our troubles. And know how we do each of our worst dreams at home. In the kitchen on my own Move to the cooking I burn the feel Hoping one day you'll come home Can't taste the love on the phone I love you In the kitchen on my own
2: Okay, that was a Mac song was called I Dance in the Kitchen. It is from an upcoming EP Um, also similarly titled, actually, but it's called um, how How to make a kitsch pop song to show the world. Um, so this is a self-produced, entirely self-produced uh, EP written, recorded and produced by Aoife McCann, the main ar- artist in a Mac uh, previously worked and had made music with Lola Hush, who's currently doing solo stuff at the moment. So uh, I think Ethan McCann took the idea to make some stuff on her own. And uh, (laughs) I think this is great. Uh, And like the song that followed up, uh, Forever More Replay, there's just like that kind of charm to it. There's a lovely playfulness to it. I think she said, uh, uh, a kitsch poppy pee made through 100% child's play and solo belly laughs. And uh, there's a lot here. There's a lot of character here. There's a, there even there's like a line that's sampled off WhatsApp or something. Can't against anyone. Mm. Uh, just those little bits. And there's uh, so I love the imagination here. I love the playfulness of it all. But more than anything, it's a song that just has stuck in my head ever since I heard it. And yeah. And I think that's a testament to the songwriting of Eva McCann
0: i I think this is just such pure joy and it's it's an instance in which you know somebody has found joy in like solitude um and kind of brought it up from the depths of herself uh which I think is just such a such a marvelous thing to be able to do at the moment there's a if, if you watch the music video on on YouTube there's kind of a, a little interview with her beforehand and a bit of a making of um which gives a bit more of that background behind um, how how she came to decide on this as a project. And a lot of it was to do with kind of her not having a whole lot of confidence as a producer and then realizing, actually, I can just have fun with this and this can just be a fun thing, a fun project that I work on. And then she decides to... um, Released as an EP, which is great. Um, but it's just, yeah, it's it's really really catchy. I like how it has little eccentricities in it, where the beat sometimes seems to skip at maybe slightly the wrong time, and it and it kind of wrong foots you a little bit, and you're like, ah. <laughs> I think so. Yeah, it's it, it's great though. There's such charm in it. Even you know the, the those spo- spoken word bits, and it's it is kitsch, and it is. Um, camp and it is all of these things but it is also crucially a banger um, and I think it's it, it's the kind of joy and the kind of you know dancing on my own but not in a sad way um, yeah. kind of thing that we need right now so yeah I'm it's just a nice sa- compliment to
2: the song uh, that a Mike did with Le Boom uh, last year mm. Dancing Bug. also uh, I remember years ago Grand Pocket Orchestra the band called themselves a buckety pop Mm. Uh, band and this is this is certainly a bit of a buckety pop yeah uh, song and uh, yeah like you said it has that kind of uh, built-in degradations and stuff like that the little skips and and beats and stuff like that mm. that just give it that extra charm it's not like it's not sticking rigidly to the to what it's expected to do And yeah. uh, that's what the imagination of uh, amac is about for yeah. me yeah Okay, our next song is from Alvarez. It is called a Looking Happy, and it is from a forthcoming album called uh, Personal History, and it came out this week. <laughs> Okay, that was already. Song is called "Looking Happy." Uh, Andrea, you picked this song this week.
0: I did pick this song this week. Um, I was I was just so charmed by both the song and and the music video, which is just so funny. Like she's really hilarious in it. It's um, if people haven't seen it. It's uh, obviously accompanies a, a song about um, pretend or perceived happiness. Um, and you know, she's at her birthday party and she's bouncing on a bouncy castle, but she is just completely straight faced in it. <laughs> and it's really, really funny. And you know, there's like people around her, Sarah from Pillow Queens I spot in the background and um it's a really kind of funny like genuinely funny music video. Um and I thought it, it went along with the song really well. And I think it's actually one of the best songs she's released. Um it's definitely the most upbeat one I think. Yeah. Um, like it's and it suits her really well actually. It really does suit her that that kind of um bigger sound, like moving more into a rock kind of sound I really, really like for her. I think I think she sounds really great on this. Um I think the lyrics are really clever. Um and it's it's really catchy as well. Um, yeah, I think she's done a fantastic job on this, and it's it's no surprise to see it doing really well and uh, getting a, a good few plays and loads of shares and and, and that kind of thing. Because I think the subject matter really resonates. You know, like seeing people get new jobs and just feeling really bitter about it <laughs> it's
3: fair yeah, it's true it's
2: a, i don't know if I, there probably has been because you know it's 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 not a brand new thing but like the idea of, of breaking up on social media and seeing your ex on it and mm. you know moving on and how we present things to the world that maybe aren't truthful all those kind of things are embedded in this song mm. but in a way that makes especially with the video as well gives underscores that really like simplicity of like yeah I'm here we're having a good time, but I'm yeah. actually really annoyed and, and like I'm a bit, you know, uh, upset about it all.
3: Hmm. And I think
2: uh, I think that really does, uh, you know, match that very well. Yeah. And the song does as well. I'm, yeah, I'm excited to hear you know. Personal History is out on October 2nd. Yeah, I'm really excited
0: for it now. A debut, a debut, a debut, a debut from debut.
2: Uh, Alva Reddy. Uh, one of the many, actually, uh, Irish albums we have coming up in the next uh, number of weeks with the oh Pilgrim's my album, like you mentioned. And uh, what else did I, was I thinking of? Oh, there's a good few Irish albums. Uh, there's another one on the 25th. There's loads uh, on the
0: 25th, isn't there? 25th is a yeah. like big release day.
2: Uh, Panny Hannah has an album out then as yeah. well. Um, and yeah there's a few more things it was up. like there I've was already.
0: there was a day last week because of uh, in, in like book publishing because of all of the delays with like publishing books over the summer um, there was something like 600 books like novels and non-fiction all released on the same day it was I can't remember what date it was, wow. it, was it was the date that um, Louise O'Neill uh, released her book um, I bought and, that book uh, yeah I'm dying to read it I've I've too many books on my reading. Well, we'll get to this at the end of the episode. Yes, we will. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, really excited um, for for uh, this album. On what what'd you say, October second? October second,
2: yeah. Excellent. Same. Uh, there's a gig on October second as well. I think in the work ones that night for with Sweet. Alba, so you can get tickets to that maybe. Um, our final track of the week is from Adrian Lenker, uh, also of Big Teeth, who has a solo record out. Uh, this song called Anything.
3: Christmas Eve.
2: Hey, that was Adrian Lenker's song. is called Anything, and uh, it uh, signals a new solo record. Uh, do tell me about the solo record?
0: Yeah, so it is going to be the first we've heard from Adrian since uh, Two Hands, which was released in 2019. That was last year, yeah, wasn't it? Two, two albums last year from Big T. Two Thief. albums last year, yeah. Uh, big year. If I could have, you know, 10% of this woman's work ethic, I think I would be... I'd be setting myself up pretty well for life but um she just is a lean mean songwriting machine and this is the the first track on the album's first track we've heard from the album and it's definitely more of a it's more in line with her kind of solo work um than her work with, with Big Thief but obviously those kind of touch points are there her her voice is such a is such a driving force, but behind those big thief records and and her lyricism as well. Um, I think that this track is just such a good example of the kind of economy of work that she has. In that she is, she appears to be doing like way like it. It is more than the sum of its parts. Uh, if that makes sense, I mean, like li- lyrics with Adrian Lenker are always kind of, you you kind of have to sit with them and, and think about them for a bit. Like, they're not always very immediate, like they might be in Neve in Regan's record, for example, um, or a Laura Marling or something like that. Um, they do kind of draw you in and ask you to consider them for a while. And I think that this is no different, but um, it's, and, and then as well, you know, musically, it's not, it's not really changing much from the verses to the choruses. It's just a slight little note change or she adds in a seventh maybe or I I don't know like just just very very small steps in getting from one one kind of one sound to another um but it's but it just sounds so grand and huge um and I think it's a really really sweet song um and a really just lovely and engaging and beautiful and everything that we've come to know and love about Adrian Lenker you know I can't
2: add anything more to that but you're right you're definitely right in terms of the small subtle changes in that you know, it doesn't really change otherwise yeah. and I think that's something probably does an awful lot actually Yeah, um, and it kind of lends that kind of uh uh uh, uh Ether, ethereal quality to yeah. these kind of this kind of music where you're never quite sure where you're with athletes. Yeah, you're a, you know, are you in a verse or Are you in a chorus I'm not sure.
0: Yeah, th- uh, you're never going to get a big key change with Big Thief or with Adrian Lenker, but I think it's just the that that economy of movement in its in its tonality. Um did oh, I just hear a firework?
3: Just <gasps> heard oh, on the road.
0: Oh my God, that's so exciting. That's the first banger of the year. I haven't heard one yet.
2: <laughs> it's, been go- it's been happening here twice this week now. That's oh, the second
0: time. Down here in South County, Dublin, no one has any crack. Um,
2: well, here off Cork Street, plenty <laughs> of uh, action and
0: banger action
2: and not <laughs> the musical kind.
0: <laughs> well, um, anyway. Adrian Lanker, great song. Looking forward to the album, which I think is also out in October. I might have that completely wrong, though. Yeah, I
2: think you're right. I think you're right. I think it's it's October. Yeah, Yeah. very good. The kids are going mad outside, and uh, we're going mad inside, so uh, what's been consuming <laughs> you for the last while, last couple of weeks? I've got, I've been uh, consuming lots of uh, media in the last couple of weeks.
0: Actually. Oh, tell me about some of that media, Nile.
2: Well, um, there's an Alan Partridge podcast on Audible called Alan Partridge from the Oast House, and as you may know, um, I'm a big fan of Partridge, but I'm particularly recently a fan of his audio-only work, because mm. the... Nomad audiobook is one of the funniest things I've ever heard and it's something I will just stick on pretty regularly just to listen and laugh because uh, there's nothing better than falling asleep laughing. Yeah, uh, Because that's the kind of thing it is. And the Oast House, from, it's just, just him playing with the podcast format, really.
0: I, did, like, I didn't know about this. It's really exciting. Yeah, I, 18, 18 episodes
2: uh, of it. I mean, there's no structure to it. Because like, as Alan says, like that's the nature of a podcast. You can do whatever you want. Mm-hmm. And, and no Ofcom regulations is one thing <laughs> you keep talking about. Um, so it's very good. Um, and it's just really a ramble. With Alan Partridge. It's just him, is it, life. in a kind
0: of a blind boy fashion where it's just him talking into the into the mic, is it?
2: Yeah, well, it's just him doing his regular things. So, like, there's one episode where he goes for a run. And, <laughs> okay. Uh, and that's the episode. And then he turns around because there's a storm. There's one of him wondering aloud, oh, we've got more bangers. Um. So I've been enjoying Alan Partridge from the Otis House. Uh, if you like Alan Partridge, you'd love it. Um, I watched the entire season of I Hate Susie, the uh, Billy Piper uh, drama um, recently. Um, I got no TV, so I've been watching stuff on that. And um, yeah, I enjoyed it. I, I wasn't sure where it was going for a while, but uh, yeah, it was an interesting show. Um, I went to see tennis last weekend. Uh, I
0: won't give any spoilers, so I guess I won't say anything about it. I, I plan on going to see it within the next week, so we can talk about it next week. If okay. you like. <laughs> yeah. um, yes.
2: Fair enough. Um, it is the kind of film you may want to see again, but I don't think you need to. Mm. Um, I will say once you do watch it, uh, the Mark Kermode uh, review is uh, very well articulated as you would expect. I
0: I, lo- I love Mark. He's yeah. the only critic uh, yeah, about film I trust. <laughs> so.
2: there you go. Um, I bought a copy of Louise O'Neill's After Silence book. So I started reading that this week. Uh, so I'm like six chapters in, so nothing major to report yet, but mm. uh, enjoying that. And other than that, um we didn't do a podcast last week, but we were going to review Kelly Leone's album in her song. I've listened to that for a fair bit. Mm. Um really interesting electronic album. Uh it's got lots of details and textures and kind of a bit ambient, but also very banging. Um and also just playlists as well. I've been listening to a lot of uh DJ Cozy and PL and John Talbot and all that kind of stuff. And uh, another another man, who uh, <laughs> an old lovable curmudgeon, Bill Callahan, who had an album out last week called uh, "Gold Record," um, and just really lovely Bill Callahan record, uh, very domestic. Mm. Um, there's a song I'm, I send you the text to or the lyrics to it. Like, there's a song where he's like, see, I'm the type of guy who sees a neighbor outside and stays inside and hides.
0: Yeah, you, um, you sent me those lyrics with no uh, context for them. And I was like, what is this? <laughs> <laughs> I had to go and Google it. <laughs> Did you not
2: say it was from Bill Khan Did I not say that? I,
0: I don't think so. But oh, I enjoyed it. Okay. it. I, 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 I quite liked it as a puzzle. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so <very good. laughs> that was that, that. was fun for me. Yeah, um, I
2: find it does that to me sometimes. And that's I'm absolutely fine with it.
0: Totally fine <laughs> with it. Yeah. Um, I have been, I've actually been uh, very busy, so I um, haven't had a whole lot of time to consume media, but I did uh, finish selling Sunset and it well, was... Well listen, I
2: tried, but uh, I, I, don't, mate, I don't think I can do
0: it. It's, it's, it's fair enough, honestly, but like, it just, everything explodes and the the, the sheer level of drama... Is I mean I think I could only deal with three seasons of it, but holy only three seasons of God, it. holy God, does it all go tits up? Um, but it's ah. great, it's it's really really good. So, um, oh yes, the other the main thing I've consumed within the past week that has also in many ways consumed me is a book uh, by Susanna Clark who wrote um. Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norrell, which is a book you might know came out like 15 years ago um, and this is she, she hasn't really this her second novel is out I think on the four 15th of this month uh, it's called Pir- Piranesi I, I, I haven't said the word out loud yet um, and I was reviewing that in, in the last week and it is just incredible like it's one of the uh, it's one of the best books I've read this year and it's a book that as soon as I finished it I wished I could wipe it from my memory and just read it again um it's essentially about this man in a house um and the house is vast and um endless and it's uh, he's he's sort it it's told through his diary form and he is mapping the house so in the upper layers of the house there are clouds and there are weather systems and in some areas of the house there are tides and there are fish and everything and and the the, the the book is kind of following his diaries and trying to figure out what the house is what it means um and you know there's there's one other person in the house called the other and there there might be yet another person in the house and it's just it's full of so much Incredible world building that, like by the second or third page, you are you are so in. Even though its format is is difficult to get your head around, get your head around in that you're kind of reading somebody describing an endless house. The her language and the way she does that is just so arresting. Like if you liked, I mean, it's it's similar like not at all in style to House of Leaves, but if you like that kind of um, house as character thing, um, same with like Haunting of Hill House, you know, those kind of touch points, um, you will love this. Uh, There's even a bit of kind of his dark materials um, in terms of like philosophical science and how lines are blurred between, you know, just because we could... We didn't stop to think if we should which I realize now it's from Jurassic Park but <laughs> <laughs> but that's you know those 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 kind of like um <laughs> I'm not I'm not sure if, if, if is that called like metaphysics I'm not sure what the name for that is but that kind of the- theoretical maths and physics and stuff but very much distilled so that a stupid person like me can can understand it but um I, I am recommending this to everybody when it comes out it is unbelievable it's so so good um i think i think you'll really like it niall i think you should read it Cool.
2: all right great Lovely. yeah uh, <laughs> getting, and i don't i'm getting more into books again uh, reading yay books
0: again, well it's so, autumn time um so, and there's well, lo- my problem
2: now is that, and i like this so i would definitely need recommendations so um, i've
0: i've tons and tons and tons of recommendations for books uh if anyone wants some come to me i'll, I'll I'll tell you what books are good I guess um, Sure
2: stick on a reading list on the Patreon as well sure, why Yeah
0: not? why not Yeah, I might do that um, list.
3: I haven't to have.
0: been consuming anything else Except YouTube Let's Plays Of Bloodborne Because um, I, I think I spoke a few weeks ago About watching a lot of the Dark Souls series through mm. let's play format and i realized i'm not good at games at all um but i really enjoy video games I, I enjoy watching people playing them and i realize that i don't know as much about the story of bloodborne as i would like to because it's it's a it's an area and it's it, influenced by the kind of horror that i'm interested in um so i'm watching a let's play of that and it's really fun and funny and great and That's literally it. Um, Oh and actually um, uh, I've returned to a podcast that I used to kind of binge and then fell out of for a while um, called Overdue. It is two American guys uh, discussing the books that you should have read by now um, which is a really cool format and it's just two guys talking about books so I would recommend I definitely recommend, even if you've never read it and you've no interest in it, listening to their episodes on Twilight, on the Twilight series. That's how I got into them. Um, okay. They're absolutely fantastic. They're brilliant. Uh, and I just listened to their three episodes on The Hunger Games. Um, but they also do like Homer and uh, like the the big ones as well. So, yeah, uh, okay. o- overdue podcast. Uh, they're great.
2: Cool. I have a podcast recommendation, actually, just oh, yeah. one I got from... Uh uh, yes, this week just uh, it is where is George Gibney? Um, mm-hmm. an Irish podcast on uh, BBC Sounds about uh, George Gibney. No, I've only listened to it, it's obviously about um, the swimmer swimming coach in Ireland who basically absconded after he was uh, accused of uh, many years of sexual molestation of his uh, students and uh swimmers so um it's very new so so it's basically two episodes in they're doing it every thursday cool um but an interesting one because it's not a wasn't a story i was personally familiar with so i'm um, just uh, interested in that Cool. That's for really it. Uh yeah, that's it for me. I um I feel like I watched a few films like The Warriors, which I'd never seen before. Mm-hmm. Um and you know it's it's one of those things that like oh I keep me into watching this film, it's a bit it's very dated, but uh it's a fucking great theme song. Cool. What a great theme song. Um, I have not seen that film. <laughs> yeah, it's I don't know it's it. alright. It's alright. It's got like it's got a lot of famous lines in it that like uh, you might know, like there's a you may, even you've heard in like rap tunes, you're like Where's that from? I and mean, then, like, then you watch the film. You're like, ah, that's oh, where it's cool. from. Okay. Can you dig it? All that stuff. Oh, and that's in it. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a
0: pretty fun. big one. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's quite influential.
2: Yeah. So uh, watch that. I definitely watched another couple of films or a few things in the last few weeks that I cannot yeah. remember right now. But that sure, that's not important. Yeah. Um, lots of stuff there. Um, yeah. Uh, I guess. We'll be back next week with with it uh, with our normal um situation and uh, like like this week, um, as in I'm saying I will not be taking a break next week.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, all going well. We'll be here.
2: <laughs> all going well, exactly. Uh, Andrea, thanks very much. I Thank hope you, you have uh, uh more walks in your week. And, oh, uh, I
0: fully intend to. Yes, I do. I have to
2: say, I have the dog back um at the moment and. The morning walks or the, go, I go up to a park and the last two mornings have just been beautiful blue skies and it's, uh I've been missing those when I yeah. I have a dog on and off Um <clears throat> and I've really missed, especially when the weather's so nice, it's so yeah. nice to just really stand out. Well, there what I loved
0: about this morning was so. that I went outside and it was cold and I was like, yes. Oh my God, I don't do well in warmth and heat and humidity at all. But I went outside this morning. It was 10 degrees. I was like, oh my God, this is it. This is, I'm just going to have to get up at like 6 a.m. every day and go for a walk. So that's my plan.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Okay, great. Uh, Okay, Andrea, thanks very much. Thank you. It's at AndreaCleary underscore. That's it. That's it on Find me. And uh, underscore underscore on Instagram and underscore, underscore underscore
0: on Instagram. Just one and underscore, underscore on Twitter. Twitter. Well remembered.
2: Thank you. I edited it that last time. Because, okay. Oh, I didn't even know. Like something mad what happened within the last minute. Do you remember? I actually dropped the uh, I dropped that uh, sound card when we were recording. And yeah. When I put it back up, my voice was all mangled. So the last two minutes of conversation would just completely made oh. no sense. Oh, great. <laughs> so cool. So I had to edit it. But then oh. <laughs> worked out well. Anyway, uh, we're going to finish with a song uh, from AMAC. It's one of the songs of the week, which is I uh, Dance in the Kitchen. Uh, enjoy this. And uh, we'll be back next week on the 999 podcast. Bye. Bye. I
1: dance in the kitchen. Cool. And then... Hey. Move to the cooking. I burn for you, hoping one day you'll come home. Can taste the lover on the phone. I dance in the kitchen on my own. I dance in the kitchen on my own. Move to the cooking. I burn for you, hoping one day you'll come home. Can taste the lover on the phone. I, I dance in the kitchen on my own. And oh, how we ran through the sparkling night. And know oh, how we ran away from our troubles. And know oh, how we do know each other was dreams of home
3: with you now. I, I dance, dance in the, the kitchen.
1: Home, can the on the phone. I love you. I dance in the kitchen on my own. And know oh, how we danced through the garden all oh night, And know oh, how we danced away in our bubble. And know oh, how we grew each other's hearts and schemes. Home with you. Know. Now, I dance in the kitchen on my own. Mm-hmm. My. My.
3: I did my pick. And lick it, then get to thinking that distance as an ingredient for us could never ever, ever. taste right. Mixing some see you by my side. I wave the steam from my eyes. And then I realize See you smile that you're the prize. You're the when I think of you, you're in the kitchen with the sink with the fence the and then singing away. Open mm-hmm. Reverse, whatever I dance in the kitchen on my own. Move to the cooking, I burn. Feel hoping one day you'll come home
1: again. Take the
3: love on the tongue. I love you.
2: to